Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saturn Returns with me, Kagi Dunlop. This is a podcast that aims to bring clarity during transitional times where there can be confusion and doubt. But now I look back and I just think I will be stronger, you know, in the long run, that in a way it's not the end of the world. I think it was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't no, see it like, like it that. <laughs> now, today's guest is a dear friend of mine, and this is a rather unusual episode, and you'll see why in a moment. But I am joined by the lovely Naomi Smart, whose career blew up in her early 20s when she started making YouTube videos. She is a renowned lifestyle influencer, YouTuber, and now founder of Smart Skincare, a sustainable, natural, and vegan skincare line. The first time me and Naomi spoke was last summer. She was engaged, planning a wedding, and her life had a clear trajectory. I told her about Saturn Returns and some of the things that might be in store for her. So I was doing my research and stumbled upon a website where you enter your birth date. What website is it? Oh, I don't know. Probably top one on Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Just Google, when is my Saturn Returns? And I was, I was kind of thinking, oh, I wonder when mine was and, you know, what happened during mine. So I put in my birth date and it comes up saying, oh, so yours is between March 2020 and March 2023. And I was just <laughs> literally like, what? <laughs> I haven't had mine. I'm, li- I'm in it right now. You're so, in it right now. Yeah. I can't remember which episode it was, but I remember listening to one of your podcast episodes and you were saying how your Saturn returns doesn't necessarily need to be turbulent. It kind yeah. of depends where um, you are and where yeah. you have been through throughout your 20s, right? Yeah, and I'd say, I'd say <laughs> from like an outside perspective, like you and I probably experienced our 20s in very different ways. <laughs> I think you're probably right. So I right. feel like mine was like the headmaster coming to take me to his office being like, right, you've been doing fuck all for the last <laughs> decade. You need to get yourself in order. Whereas I feel like you've been like incredibly disciplined throughout your 20s and perhaps it would be more of a sort of solidifying of where you're at. I think you're right, um, to a certain degree. I think throughout my 20s especially, I have felt relatively grounded and I do feel like I've discovered astrology and spirituality um, to a certain degree and I, I do feel very aware of that. So I think I have tried to live my 20s feeling a little bit more like aware. Um, Why do you school- think that was? I'm not sure. I think I went through quite a bad breakup in a way I mean it wasn't that bad as bad as any breakup goes I suppose but that was in my early 20s which was like first love yeah 100% and that and I'd been with him for a long time so I feel like that was almost like an awakening moment of okay I actually need to look after myself and that made me so independent and I Mm. had such a great time like on my own after that and I feel like that's probably when I discovered spirituality. I started yoga and, you know, crystals and things like that. And so your breakup was a sort of, like, catalyst for moving more into that space. I think so. I think they often are, though. Yeah. And I don't have any regrets about it as such, but looking back, I just think, you were so young. Like, why did you have such a long relationship at the age of, like, 17, 18, throughout the whole of university, like, and beyond? And, I mean... And I actually, I have no regrets because it was amazing while it lasted and was absolutely the best 
thing at that time. We just weren't meant to be. Because I'd say your experience is quite unusual in the sense that you had like quite an established career from a very young mm. age. And that was also connected to the relationship, wasn't it? Yeah. And I absolutely wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it weren't for that relationship. Yeah. So like forever grateful. Um, I definitely went through a stage actually kind of struggling to come to terms with the, like why I was still doing it. Mm -hmm. Because I was going to say, was it like a, a natural draw that you were like, this is my path, this is my passion, this is what I want to do? Or was it something that you kind of fell into and then it just started flowing and you were like, I'm going to go with this? Definitely fell into it mm. at the beginning. I mean, I was so young and it was basically just having fun and games just for the sake of it. And... Just making stuff, just making With content. Friends, yeah, just like vlogging. And it completely just flowed and I had no agenda. And in touch, you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, but I find this idea, especially to do with like your Saturn return, this concept mm. of purpose, I think is something that really comes into play. It's like our 20s are quite mercurial. We're sort of like messing around. Yours were a lot more anchored, I'd say it sounded like a lot more, you were a lot more grounded. But I like being able to move around a lot mm -hmm. and not being tied down to things. Whereas you like- I love like kind of- Commitment. Roots. Yeah, this is home, I feel safe. And I think it is kind of down to control. I guess what I was getting at, whether mm -hmm. like through having something that's really established and like quite steady flowing throughout your younger life, made you feel like, okay, I feel grounded and centered in like what my purpose is or whether it, it has its own disruptions too. It definitely had its disruptions. Um, like I was saying earlier, when I found myself in this amazing group of friends and my partner at the time, we fell into this world of social media. And at the time, absolutely wonderful. And then almost overnight, it felt like it just took off. And suddenly brands were wanting to work with us. And suddenly there was the, actually the prospect of a career in it, which is amazing to be so young. I mean, I must have literally been like 20, 21 when this started wow, happening. Yeah. And to go from a university graduate with no money and not knowing what to do with your life to suddenly like, okay, so like what I've been doing for the last few months online, I can actually get money from it. And you'd think I'd be super happy, right? But it took me a while to actually come to terms with it. It was this weird sense of guilt mm -hmm. or I wasn't worthy of this. Like you weren't deserving of I it. I wasn't deserving of it. Mm. Yeah, and I remember being like, but I don't deserve to get paid for that because it I like it too much and like no one gets paid for something that they like doing because I think I'd studied law at university mm. so I thought I was just going to have to sit in like an office for the rest and of my suffer. life and suffer <laughs> I completely relate to that but I wonder where that comes from I've thought about it quite a lot over the years um because I did eventually get over it and I realized actually how did you get over it I think because I actually started having to work really hard for the reward and as soon as I saw it as work, I acted like it was work and I was like, right, okay, so this is my career now and I'm going to come up with a schedule and I'm going to have a Monday to Friday job and like... Okay, um, so it was like more actually to do with the architecture and the discipline that you so. installed into it. Yes. That was like, this has value. Yes. I've been thinking about this recently and it's like, I've spent so much of my time thinking that things needed to be more complicated than they are. But this pressure that we're supposed to know exactly like who we are and what we want from from almost pre-university. It's Absolutely. like you have yeah. to pick your life now yeah. and commit. And, and I, I think really struggled with that because I was never the kind of person back then when I was really young to know what I wanted to do. And then when this all fell into place, it felt right. And then, you know, it, be it became a job and it's become a career and it's amazing. 
Okay, and I want to ask you a little bit about, because you touched on like your relationship in your early 20s, but how have your relationships been like throughout your 20s, especially your late 20s? Has there been big shifts um, or has it been quite steady? Massive shifts, like massive in my 20s. Um, So I had the six year relationship that ended at the beginning of my 20s. And at the time that was a massive heartbreak and it took me a while, I think, to get over it without realizing it because I completely pushed that aside, like almost from that day, first day. From the day the breakup happened? From the day of the breakup, I pushed it aside to the back of my brain because that was my only way of knowing how to deal with it and move forward. Mm -hmm. I could not face my emotions around that time. But then it came back and obviously backfired. And then I was suddenly like left a mess like three months later. Yeah. Like, oh, it, it'll come to you. It'll come to you. It one always way or comes to you. you. I think now oh. I'm like, just, just go straight into it. Literally, like if I were to go back, I would just tell myself, just face it. Just sit down and think about how you're feeling right now. because And I feel just, it out. And feel it. And listen to yourself and give yourself and your body what you deserve because you need to be comforted right now. Where I I just powered on. I said, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't even ask me how I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> and I think to a certain degree, I kind of was. I found my own little flat and I felt super, super happy in there. And, and you did have a career. Had a career. I felt that you could throw yourself into. I felt independent, yeah. I didn't need anyone. And I think I just went a bit far, like, I don't need anyone, I'm fine. And then suddenly I was just like, oh, that was a pretty big thing that I've just gone through and I haven't faced it. And it's I like, like delayed... followed my emotion. Yes, absolutely. Like delayed onset of the breakup. It was, yeah, not great, but completely needed it. And I grew as a person. And it meant that my future relationships, or relationship, um, I was a far more mature person. And in the relationship, I'm a completely different person. I think we're more united, who I'm with now, my fiance, Mm -hmm. Joe. we're more united in the relationship, but also independent at the same time, if that makes sense. Like we're completely comfortable and confident in each other, like having your own life as well. Mm -hmm. Did you start slow? With Joe now? Mm. No, it was, it it was an, a massive whirlwind. Was it? Yeah, like I've never actually believed in love at first sight until I met Joe. I oh, <laughs> I've never felt. <laughs> I've honestly never felt anything like it. And I mean, when I've heard people speak about what it means to be in love, and you know all those feelings and everything, I thought I knew. And then I met him, and I was just like, whoa, this is a whole other ball game. Like. It was like I'd known him my whole life. And so we didn't go slow, but also we didn't rush into anything. Like I feel like we were sensible, but still just completely infatuated in each other. I honestly never met anyone like him or felt anything like that before. How did you guys meet? Funny stories. So my friend, my best and oldest friend, Charlotte, had recently gone through a breakup at the same time as me. And she asked one of her friends, George, um, oh, if you have like any single friends. And he set up a blind date for Charlotte and Joe. No way! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Charlotte calls me after this date and she says, Naomi, you're not gonna believe this. I was like, oh, what did it go really well? And she was like, not for me, but I've just met your future husband. <gasps> I know, I'm <laughs> I love it! 
it. No, but I was furious at the time. Why? I was like, oh, I was just like, don't be so ridiculous. You've just been on a date with a guy. And also I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was just like, no, Always I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm fine. Like, don't be so ridiculous. It's fine. Anyway, for a good like couple of months, he was convincing me to meet him. I was like, no, that's just weird. And then there just so happened to be like these drinks in East London um, with George, the guy that had set up the blind date. And I remember meeting Charlotte uh, on our way to go for these drinks and she's dragging me along the road because she's like, Joe's there, come and meet him. And I was like, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go, don't do this. Um, and then as soon as we arrived and met Joe and we started chatting, I was, I was, I knew I was in trouble. I was like, oh no, she was right. <laughs> You was right. Um, yeah, and that was nearly four years ago. And then it just was went from there. Yeah, just went from there. Was it pretty like easy and plain sailing? It felt so easy because I think other guys that I'd met, I like worried about. You know, am I saying all the right things? Do I look okay? Like, oh, does he like me? And or, you know, whatever. Like the general things yeah, yeah, that yeah. go through your head when you like first start dating, or whatever. And you're a bit nervous. And, a bit like, nervous. A bit insecure and stuff. Absolutely. Whereas with Joe, I didn't feel any of that. I just felt completely natural. Like I could just be completely myself. I didn't feel like he was judging me in any way. And yeah, it's amazing. That's so nice. Would you say then that you feel like you're quite an independent person? Yeah. 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 How would definitely. you sort of suggest cultivating independence? Because I think a big thing about Saturn Returns is like becoming independent, whether or not you want to yeah. be. And that can be a bit of a rude awakening if you're not, uh -huh. if you're not like doing the things that... So I'm just going to basically be on my own after my Saturn Returns. <laughs> what do you mean? Because <laughs> if, you, if you gain independence, and I'm already like... <laughs> Kind of a little bit. No. Like, everyone, leave me alone. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. Like you said, like you might not even feel anything that turbulent because you are quite a It like reinforces like what's already there. Yeah. So for you, it might just be. It might just be great. It might just be solidifying like where you're at. So I'm Who so knows? intrigued. I'm <laughs> so intrigued for literally the next couple of years. Like what is going to happen? But I think it was like the best experience for me, but it, it did feel like quick. It's still, I still feel the residue of it of like these quick fire lessons though, for sure. Yeah. Basically. And when, when you did realize that, okay, this is my Saturn return. This is why I'm feeling like this. This is why my life has been turbulent for the last few months. Did it provide any comfort in that you knew, you were more aware of yourself and your world and astrology definitely yeah because it was like you realize that the universe isn't working against you it's always working for you the pain is what sculpts the clay like yeah. you can't unfortunately just be an established person with your values and integrity and sense of self just by like easing yeah. and breezing through life you need to have those experiences that make you who you are absolutely and i just think saturn return is like just quite a big one yeah it's quite a big one of like an assessment of like have you been cultivating these yeah. things and actioning it? And it's not that it's there to tell you off, it's just to make, it's just to put up a mirror, really. Yeah. And it's like a, like a filtering system. It's like all those things that you were trying out, perhaps that relationship that you were in, it's like, if it's not right for you, it will go like that. Yeah. But I believe that like, such a big part of that is the resistance we put in as well. So yeah. when we try and like hold on to things for dear life that just aren't right for us, that's when like the real fucking unbearable pain happens whereas if you just can kind of hold your hands up and be like I trust that this is happening 
for me mm-hmm. and it will become clear soon. Yeah. I don't know exactly when, I don't know exactly why, but I think we all look back at our experiences and go, that at the time felt so horrible, but I'm so glad it happened. Definitely. And also I think a lot of people, myself included, can have a lot of guilt around things that didn't work out the way that you had planned or other people had planned. Give yourself a break. And give yourself a break. You can't do everything perfectly. Mm. I think that's one of the biggest life lessons I've learned in my 20s. It's okay to not be perfect because perfect doesn't exist. I think if you're an, a perfectionist to such an extent, you're never going to be happy with you miss what you're out on the joy of life. Absolutely, yeah. So that's something I've tried to to learn over the years. Would you say that you are a bit of a perfectionist? Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. And I very much like to stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. So I've learned. But it's like actually, maybe your thing will be like the universe being like, "We've got a plan. Let go." Yes, <laughs> well, that'd be like the ultimate <laughs> test. Just <laughs> my idea of hell. The second part of this episode, things changed. Saturn did have different plans for Naomi. Because within a week of recording, I got a voice note from her telling me that her and Joe had broken up. My Saturn return has begun, I remember her saying. And so we decided that when she felt ready, we would re-record. In this second part, post-breakup, Naomi shares her experience and everything she learned about perfectionism, independence, and how we can romanticise things. It is a true Saturnian breakup, and although it's painful, you will soon hear how much she gained and how much she has grown. But before we get into it, here's our astrological guide, Nora, who can explain a little bit about how Saturn affects matters of the heart. Saturn exalts Libra, meaning Saturn does really well in the sign of Libra. Libra is ruled by Venus, and Venus rules love, so it would be fair to deduce that Saturn loves love. But there's a catch. The Saturn in every chart, Saturn within us, loves love on the condition that it's a fair love, a just, mature, authentic, enduring type of love. One that is able to withstand the natural challenges and winters of life. So this is not necessarily the type of love that we're looking out for during our teens or early 20s. If during your Saturn return or any major Saturn transit, you're in a relationship that isn't aligned anymore with the adult you're growing into, Saturn will likely throw a few stress tests at the relationship during that time to see if it can still transform into a relationship that is going to make it for the long haul. If your needs have changed from when you first met your partner and you're no longer on the same page, then this transit will force some type of change, often in the form of a breakup. But if both are resisting their inner knowing, then this transit can translate into a relationship that ends in a more painful way, a more slow death, leaving both feeling a bit disillusioned with love. The major lesson really goes back to trusting one's inner knowing and intuition, and to allow what doesn't align anymore with one's path, for it to go in peace, so you can make space for what does align. It isn't all doom and gloom though, some people do meet their partner during a Saturn return or they even marry them during that time. It all depends and goes back to the space we've created in our lives to be able to receive a love that is fair and just and mature and enduring the way Saturn meant for us to have all along. Naomi, welcome to the Saturn Returns podcast. Thank you for having me again. 
This is technically the second time we're doing this. Oh, I can't believe that we're here again. Has this ever happened before? No. no. <laughs> I can't say it has. Can we explain wow. to the audience a little wow. bit about what went down? Okay, what happened? So we recorded the podcast at the end of July in 2020. And I was very much quite smug about no, the fact that <laughs> I hadn't had my Saturn returns and everything was great and rosy. And I was engaged to be married and I thought I'd met my Prince Charming and I was really, you know, singing his praises. That and weekend, like, my Saturn returns is coming. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> you did say that. You were like, okay. <laughs> you might find a little bit of turbulence <laughs> next year, but let's see what happens. And I was like, maybe, maybe. Because anyway, you've also not heard much about it before. I didn't know much about yeah. it, no. And I turned 28 in May last year. So this was a couple of months later, three months later. And I, it was literally that weekend that yeah. everything completely imploded like my life turned upside down my fiance completely out of the blue left me and I remember calling you a few days later and just being like abort mission <laughs> don't know. post the podcast because that's not really my life right now I know. and I, could, I remember getting that voice note from you and just yeah. being like and you were like my Saturn returns has my, begun my Saturn has returned <laughs> And it's come like a motherfucker. I mean, I had no idea it would hit me this hard and this suddenly. Three months after my 28th birthday, yeah. Yeah, I think also how it it impacts relationships Mm. and the kind of breakups you experience during this time are notorious for being particularly um, like a guillotine. Oh, completely. I mean, the problem that I understand now that we had is that I think when we met a few years ago we fell for each other very hard very fast and it was a complete infatuation on both sides and I just turned a blind eye to anything that didn't quite fit the mould of us Mm -hmm. being this perfect couple Mm -hmm. not necessarily for what anyone else thought but more just how I felt I think I completely fantasized the relationship and We put each other on this pedestal to the point where the issues and problems that we had, we completely turned our backs on, we were in denial, just like, yeah, we're great, we're great, we're great. And even the whole proposal, the engagement felt magical because it fits the story. story. What was the proposal? Well, now I look back and I, I shouldn't say this. It wasn't as, you know, magical as it probably, as I thought it was. But at the time, we were in Rye and it was on the beach. I really want to go to Rye. And it was very laid back, casual. Were you surprised? Completely surprised. Didn't see it coming in a million years. And I actually always thought I would. Um, So I was completely blown away. And it felt very emotional and I was unbelievably happy. And to be honest, like I was until everything turned upside down last summer. But I look back now and I can completely see everything for what it really is. And this isn't, you know, anything wrong with him or me. It was just the relationship wasn't as perfect as I had fantasised it to be. Mm -hmm. And it's just quite scary, really, how you can turn a blind eye. And then as soon as this all happened, I saw 
all everything those crystal clear. Yeah. Everything crystal clear, which I think is why I was able to actually not move on quickly, but recover and heal in a way that I think has allowed me to grow as a person. And I feel so unbelievably grateful that this has happened to me because I do feel stronger. And I feel, I just feel like I've got to know myself on a deeper level more mm -hmm. than I ever have in my whole life. And that might be my Saturn returns. Yeah. So would you say that like, there was actually a part of it that you were like, okay, I actually have got my own back. Absolutely. I feel like I've rediscovered myself. And strangely, I feel like a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders that I never knew was there. Mm -hmm. I never knew I was feeling this weighed down. And I still, I don't really know what that was. It was probably just the fact that I was potentially in the wrong relationship. And mm -hmm. I have no regrets about the past at all because of how much I've now learned about myself and relationships and what I want, what I don't want. So I wouldn't take any of this back at all in a million years because of the lessons learned. But it is interesting looking back to think, how did I convince myself that I was so happy and living this perfect life and I'd met Prince Charming when things weren't right? And I do feel like I felt pressures, societal pressures, in my mid-twenties more than I do now, which is interesting. very interesting. I don't really know where those pressures came from, whether it was friends or family or, you know, just generally what was happening around me. But now, because of what's happened, I very much feel like I just want to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting any pressure on myself to meet someone, to get married, to have kids. Of course, I do want all of that one day, but actually I just feel so much more relaxed about that. And that is incredibly liberating, actually. I, I think that that is quite a, um, a common experience, actually, even though it sounds like it's the wrong way around. But I think because we're so conditioned from quite a young age to think that by 30 everything has to be in place. So there's that bubbling awareness at 25 that you have those five years to really find that person and like solidify all that stuff. So you do often end up pushing things that aren't necessarily quite right. The way I like to call it is like shoehorning someone into, yeah. into your life and you're like, you know it doesn't fit that you're going to shove it in anyway. <laughs> this will work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will make this work. And the longer yeah. you go down that path with someone. To abandon that takes a huge amount of courage and it often takes something quite abrupt and hard for us to actually go back on the right track. Mm, absolutely. And I mean, I didn't see it coming. I genuinely did think we would get married. I truly believe that. And you that. would have. And I would have. And I wouldn't have left him. But it, it has taken that shock for me to really shake myself up and take a good look at myself and actually what is it that I want and where do I want to go in life? And not only with my romantic relationships, but with every relationship in my life and my career. And I feel like I am seeing my life with so much clarity, more so than I think I ever have. And that's purely based on everything that happened last summer. But I did surprise myself the way that I responded I just knew as soon as it happened, right, I need to look after myself now. And with previous breakups, I've denied it, pushed it to the back of my mind, and it always comes and catches you up. Oh, yeah. Always. 
always. So this time I was like, right, I'm not making that mistake again. I am going to journal. I'm going to speak to a professional about this. I'm going to speak to all my friends and family as much as I can. And all of those things collectively have just helped me immensely. Mm-hmm. And yoga, I've got to actually really credit yoga. yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So two things that you mentioned that I want to touch on. So in terms of you, you said you'd never really thought about what you wanted before, which again, sounds like an obvious thing that we all know what we want, mm. but we don't, <laughs> we don't really give ourselves the opportunity to be like, what do I really want from my life, from my relationships, platonic or romantic or whatever that mm. might be. So what did you learn about what you wanted from this experience and what you don't want? So I think back to the whole fantasising about the perfect relationship, I think I'd almost laid that out, that path out in front of me from a very young age. And how young do you think? Well, I grew up with just my mother. So with it being just my mum and I, I almost always set myself the goal to have more of a conventional family life and, you know, have the big white wedding and be completely whisked away and meet my Prince Charming and have kids and live in a lovely house. And I must have done that from a very young age. Mm. I mean, it goes back to the whole, like, Disney Mm -hmm. era, right? Like, of... Totally. That that was the goal, basically, to be, like, this Disney princess with her Prince Charming. To be saved. Not that I, like, back then would have even considered what it all meant at all. I just thought, no, I really a want a husband thing, yeah. and, and kids and a nice house. Like, yeah. Mm. That's what happiness is. That's what happiness and success is, yeah. Mm. And I think subconsciously I took that with me throughout my adult life. And then when I met Joe, it was this complete infatuation, like, from, like, both of us. It was such a hard, fast love. It just felt like, okay, that I've met him, that's it, done, like... Goal you, complete. <laughs> it was you were introduced through a friend, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And the friend was like, "I've met the person that you're going to yeah. marry." And that almost set the tone for the rest of the relationship. Before I'd even met Joe, I was told, "I've met um, your future husband, Naomi." I think I was completely blown away by the whole thing. It fitted this mold. Um, it was complete lust and infatuation, and I think. I convinced myself that it was everything that I'd ever wanted and needed. Whereas now I appreciate that actually that doesn't mean happiness and success. That comes from within. And I've really used this time to go inwards and get to know myself on a deeper level. And I've never given myself that time and energy and love towards myself. I feel like I've always given off so much love and energy and time giving it to other people mm-hmm. and when that was taken away that person that I was you know giving all of this to it had nowhere else to go other than inwards and that was incredible actually to think okay I can really use this time to look after myself to heal and get to know myself you really lent into it oh yeah <laughs> so like what would your 
tips for anyone navigating a Saturn breakup or a breakup of any yeah. kind be? Because you really did deal with it like a pro. I must say, this is the first time that I've dealt with a breakup in this way. And I think it really is based on what I've learned previously. Because previously I did that typical thing of just brushing it under the carpet, mm-hmm. just, you know, move on, uh, pretend it never happened and you'll be fine. But it does always come back to bite <laughs> you. Um, so based on that experience, this time... It was agony, but I thought I am really going to face this head on and lean into it. And it was a pain I don't think I've ever felt in my life. Like just like physical pain. I felt like someone was sitting in my chest. I felt like my heart had been ripped out. But no matter, I couldn't sleep. Oh, I've never experienced insomnia, but I don't think I slept for at least a month, maybe two. But as much as that was pure agony, it was vital and so necessary because what had happened was so sudden, it was such a shock that I almost had to treat it as grief. It is grief. It is grief, yeah, I had to grieve the relationship. Of course. And it really, it really did shock me. And I think, you know, going from one day thinking your whole personal life, private life is mapped out and, you know, the wedding is booked. for life, yeah. yeah. Like wedding was booked, you know, we're planning houses, kids, blah, blah, blah. And then within a few days, that's taken away from you and you're back at square one. That was incredibly confusing. It's making, it's making my... Getting, I'm it's, getting that feeling in the start because I know what that feels like, but it's literally your whole world is turned upside down. I couldn't believe it had happened. Like, I And every just, morning you oh, wake up being like, please say that was a dream. It was the worst feeling. Yeah, you have... Throughout the day, actually, just that reminder. I'd have split seconds or minutes or whatever of being distracted and having normal conversations and forget. And then suddenly it would hit you and it was just like, wow. Like, just... I've never felt anything like this before. And you were still so in love with him. Interestingly, I was so shocked that that this happened that even in those initial days, I just thought this is completely it because I'm never going back to someone that treats me like this. So, of course, like, I still loved him, but I think, yeah, I knew this this really is it. Like, I'm not Because the behaviour was just, yeah. Yeah. Which, in a strange way, and it is also, it's very Saturnian, but, like, it's more of a blessing to have something that's so, there's no alternative. Like, Mm. you are walking away from that situation versus when... If it continues to be sort of like the odd thing, but you're not that sure, and you're like, okay, we can work through it. That's almost worse because you see people doing that, and you're like, it's wrong. Trust me, <laughs> but they can't see because they're in it. Yeah. Whereas if the person does something that's just like unforgivable, yeah, you have to just—it's literally you or them. Absolutely, you have to choose. Yeah. And I completely chose myself, and I was so lucky to have the most supportive friends and family around me, and that really did get me through. But in terms of the things that I did to to get over the breakup and get through it and heal, journaling, and I know it sounds so cliche, but honestly, that helped me so much. People always say to me that they're like, I don't know how to journal. And it's something, because I've done it my whole life, and I always write, you know, with breakups or when I've Mm. been in love, whatever. It's always been, a lot of it's in poetry, and it's just like a stream of consciousness. And And with your songwriting as well. Exactly. So it's a way to kind of like alchemise the pain or at least get it out of you. But people often say, how do I do it? So I think when we say like journaling, if you could be like a little bit more specific about what works for you, yeah. 
people might find that handy. Well, I don't really have a proper system. I don't think I journal correctly, but... There's I, no correct way. There is no correct way. I actually hadn't journaled before this. Um, really? Yeah. Because I would have thought you were an, an avid journaler, considering that was your go-to. And one of my really good friends has always journaled, and she's always told me to do it. And I was just like, oh, I just, you know, oh, I don't have time, and I don't mm. know what to write, and I don't know how to journal. As soon as all of this happened in the summer, I hunted down an empty notepad in my parents' house, found one, and it was just a plain, you know, lined um, paper notepad, picked up a pen, and I just wrote down exactly how I was feeling. And I did that for probably three or four months. And I still do that now. Daily? All day, every day and night. I was just like scribbling away. If I couldn't sleep, I would just pick up my notepad. Sometimes it would still be dark and I would just like probably eyes closed still be just... Squiggles. (laughs) Mad squiggles. I'd wake up in the morning and just be like, what was this really profound? (laughs) (laughs) But it really helped just to write down my feelings because I think sometimes when we're feeling angry or sad or anxious, we can just brush it to the back of our mind and forget it even an hour later whereas writing it it down yeah yeah. writing it down kind of gets it out and you can understand yourself a bit better and I think this is really how I've allowed myself to get to know me on a deeper level because I really have just been writing down how I feel I'd also write lists um (laughs) I wrote no one finds these lists (laughs) lists of things that weren't right about the relationship, about him. It's brutal, like, (laughs) (laughs) as petty as the little things may be, everything really helped. And it sounds really negative, but it just kind of switches your mind from looking back on a previous relationship and such through rose-tinted glasses rose-tinted glasses yeah which I think so many of us do and actually seeing the reality of it it's like well that wasn't perfect and I mean if it was you wouldn't be in this position right now so (laughs) something was wrong you're not together because you're not supposed to be together because if you were supposed to be together you'd be together (laughs) if that was your person they'd be showing up as your person yeah and I think we do especially as women fixate on these things that you know, that person is not behaving like they are your soulmate. So they're probably not. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. perhaps they'll show up in a different way at a different time. But ultimately, you have to go off the behavior you're receiving in your reality. Mm-hmm. So I think writing things like that affirm the reality rather than the fantasy is super important. Absolutely. And I think a lot of us can look back through rose tinted glasses because we have something in us that hopes that we might get back together or you know you can't demonize that person because what if you do get back together and you know things were great and you were great together whereas I think because I'd decided actually this really is it and I you know I can't ever go back that allowed me to actually just think about the bad things because I didn't care anymore I was like we're not getting back together I don't need to be nice about this person completely secretly like obviously this is only in my journal um with the whole outer world, with my friends and family, I try not to speak negatively about him. And I actually genuinely don't feel any negative feelings towards him. Like when I think about the relationship now, I don't feel angry. I feel forgiveness and- Which is so freeing. Thankfulness, yeah. Yeah, it is freeing. It's allowed me to heal. Yeah, because I've, 
I hear sometimes people that have had breakups that happened years ago and the way they refer to their partner is always very telling because it's like if you're holding on to that animosity, mm. that's a heaviness for you. So actually you're burdening yourself more than anyone else by being vicious. And we do tend to, you know, want to villainize someone in, in a relationship's demise and we oscillate between being like the villain or the perpetrator all the time. And I mean, I think in your situation, it's like, it's quite clear, but also we also, if we can always hold that there are two experiences simultaneously going on in two stories, you know, so it allows you to be like, well, that person did whatever, whatever they needed to do for mm -hmm. their reason. We may never fully understand it, but I always try and trust that like someone does the best they can with the tools and self-awareness they have available. I don't necessarily think that people are out to hurt us, especially someone that's loved us, but they just are doing what they can with what they have available, do you know what I mean? And yeah. it often is disappointing, but that's just part of the human experience. So I think it's such a liberating thing to be able to let go of that yeah, and not hold on to it because like you say, it's freeing and, yeah. it's, and it's a heavy thing to carry and it's not yours to carry Absolutely. either. And I think that's when you can move forward carrying this weight on your shoulders and it's just not healthy and you can quite easily if you still feel that anger and resentment towards someone you can take that through to your to next, next relationships. relationships so this is kind of like complicated question but it sounds like you pretty much instantly had the awareness of like this isn't going to define me this isn't I'm not going to harbor this I'm not going to hold on to it and these are the steps I'm going to take. And I had a very similar experience when I went through my breakup during my Saturn returns. And again, I can only speak from my own experience, so don't let me project onto you. But that, because I've noticed now the residue of things that I thought I hadn't carried any of, because I was mm -hmm. literally like, I forgive that person, that's their stuff they need to deal with, I'm moving on unscathed sort of thing, mm -hmm. and really lent into the necessary things that I needed to do to heal and to transition through that grief. But I'm only noticing now, a year on, and potentially because of getting involved in another relationship, all these things kind of reappear. Yeah. Like little fragments of the past. And so I guess my question is like, how does one truly not carry the burdens of the past in when they are when they fractured your heart in that way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we ever forget, to be honest. I think I will always carry this with me in some way or another. That is a really hard question to answer because I don't know what's going on in the unconscious mind. Like maybe part of me deep down is still really hurt. And actually, mm. I think that would make complete sense because you can't just go through an agonizing heartbreak. Trauma. Trauma. And then be completely healed and fine a few months later. And I understand that actually a lot of people that have gone through heartbreak that may be listening now, it might sound like I'm saying, you know, I, oh, I've done all the perfect things and I'm absolutely fine and it didn't bother me. It completely affected me. It was agony. Like I, I'm not going to sugarcoat what it was that I had to go through I think that whole period I was probably the unhealthiest I've ever been in my life 
in every way, mentally and physically. It was just awful. And I think that's when I really picked myself up and I thought I really need to get through this. But, you know, it wasn't all me. It really was my friends. My friends went above and beyond, like whether it was voice notes at random times in the night or coming down to my parents' house with like self-care packages or allowing me to stay with them. You know, one of my friends with a newborn baby put me up in their house. Don't you realise how important friendship is until those moments? Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I feel almost guilty that I didn't realise it before, to be honest. I, I completely agree. And in a funny way, that summer was probably the most loved I've ever felt in my life. Mm. And I just lost what I thought was the biggest love of my life. But I felt so nurtured and cared for and loved. And that's what got me through. And that's what inspired me myself to also care for me Mm -hmm. and I think that is how I've got to where I am now would you say that that was one of the main takeaways from the experience then that the the value of those relationships actually completely yeah I will never take any friend for granted and family it really brought my family together were they incredibly supportive unbelievably supportive just went above and beyond and it wasn't just a shock for me, it was a shock for them as well, and friends. Um, no one saw this coming. So we really got through it together. And also I think one of the other biggest takeaways is that you don't need another person for your own happiness. Mm-hmm. That really can come from within, and it should come from within, actually. And I have been so fascinated by this whole concept of your Saturn returns because when we last recorded the podcast I really thought I'd got away with it (laughs) I know I was just like okay we'll see I really thought just didn't happen to me I must be you know just one of the lucky few but I am actually slightly concerned though because I am still 28 I've got two more years of this to go yeah yeah I, I hear you but that is like the main thing you know my my breakup happened towards the end of mine and it was like being drop kicked in the face but it was the best thing that ever happened to me in a weird way because it just kick-started so much because I was just like I'm not living for anyone else ever again but now I look back and I just think I will be stronger you know in the long run that in a way it's not the end of the world I think it was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me but at the time, I didn't, I didn't no, it see it like, like it that. <laughs> like all Saturn's lessons, you're like, oh. at the time, it's the worst thing. And then after, it's like, actually, I kind of learned quite a lot from yeah. that. So we hate Saturn <laughs> at the time, and then we love Saturn <laughs> at the end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how would you say it's changed your approach to going into relationship now? And in terms of what you look for in a partnership and, and whether not to project that fantasy on too Mm. early, you know? So I think going forward, my main priority is to actually just relax and just go with the flow, just take a day at a time, stay present, stay mindful. And yoga has been amazing for actually staying present. Mm -hmm. I completely fell into a very 
structured yoga routine throughout last year and that led to me then doing my yoga teacher training course but yoga is really a way now for me to completely stay present and I think it can help like if you are a daydreamer or a fantasizer you need something to ground you and recenter you Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of, yeah, my next relationships, I want to just stay as grounded as possible, but also not expect too much and not go hunting for anything. Actually, one thing that I highly recommend for everyone is to take solo trips away, even just taking a day or a weekend to yourself. yourself. Yeah, just do whatever it is that you want to do, even if it's staying at home in your pyjamas, light a candle, have a bath and just look after yourself. Mm-hmm. We all need that time. A hundred percent. Thank you so much, my love. Is there anything else you'd like to add? You've given so many pearls of wisdom. No, I think that's great. It's so lovely chatting with you for the second time. For for coming on for the second time. A true (laughs) Saturn's breakup in real time. Thank you so much, Naomi. Thank you. I got shivers when I listened to this conversation. I'm so grateful for Naomi for her honesty and You know, I truly believe that everyone comes into our life for a reason. And at the end of the day, we are all each other's teachers. Since Naomi and I first spoke, she's become a dear friend of mine and I am so grateful for that. We often romanticize things and fantasy can sometimes cloud our reality. Saturn is all about the truth of the matter. I had a very similar experience at exactly the same time as Naomi when I was 29. And it's crazy how on time it was. And I remember thinking when she and I first spoke, I wonder what will happen. Now, I could never have predicted what happened to me at 29, and I'm sure Naomi couldn't either. And yet those painful experiences were both opportunities for us to grow, for new friendships and new experiences. And it can be painful, but when you surrender to it rather than resist, you can just trust in what's going to unfold and what's meant for you won't pass you by. I love how honest Naomi is about her story and how we can create a story that blinds us sometimes from the truth but also that she wouldn't change a thing and she has rediscovered herself in this process. You can find Naomi on YouTube and Instagram by searching for Naomi Smart. You can also find me at Kagi's World and if you would like to have a reading with Nora, our astrological guide, you can find her at Stars Incline. On the 27th of May, we'll be having a Saturn Returns live show at the Clapham Grand in London, where I'll be speaking with the wonderful Catherine Gray, You still have time to get a ticket and you can find them at dice.fm. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could follow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or just tell a friend about it. Saturn Returns is a Feast Collective production. The producer is Hannah Barrell and the executive producer is Kate Taylor. Thank you so much for listening and remember, you are not alone. Goodbye.